Hello, everyone. Welcome to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. I'm your host, Precious D, and we are continuing yet again our October Halloween season marathon. Today's movie is Possessor from just last year, 2020. And to discuss it is my friend Caleb Mendez. Caleb, say hello. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being here. You particularly wanted to discuss this movie. Yeah. Why was that? What in um, particular drew you to it? Well, I had seen, I guess it wasn't really a trailer, but more of the, the movie poster for it last year uh, when mm -hmm. it came out and was immediately drawn to it, went and saw it in theaters um, and just loved it. I mean, I'm a big science fiction fan, so uh, it, it pulled off some concepts that I really, really enjoyed. You're talking about the yellow poster with the melty face? Yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was kind of <laughs> cool. Okay. Uh, it's directed by Brandon Cronenberg and written by him. He is the son of, um, what's his face? Cronenberg. Yeah, that guy. What the hell's his name? Creepy Pants. Yeah. Um... <laughs> David. David Cronenberg. Yeah. David Cronenberg. Let's oh, see. you know, practical effect god. Um... Yes. Yes. Well, now this is odd. I have a box office of $901,093, but I do not see a budget. Uh, yeah, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't tell you. I'm going to guess it's not a high effect film and there's not huge stars in it. So I'm going to guess that the budget was fairly low and that they probably made their money back. It was released at Sundance. So that tells me it's kind of a indie lower budget movie. Yeah. Stars Andrea Riseborough, Christopher Abbott, Rosef Sutherland, Tuppence Middleton, Sean Bean, Jennifer Jason Lee, Kane. Kenito Horn, <laughs> Raul <laughs> Beneha, Cage Graham, and Gabriel Graham. Huh. I wonder if they're related. Huh. Uh, that's the kid, Ira. Ah, yes. Okay. And who's Holly? Holly is the chick from the opening scene. Oh, then they're probably not related. <laughs> yeah, the, not. The, the little white kid and the, the black lady, probably not related, but maybe. Yeah, probably not. So, yes, yeah, speaking of the opening scene. So the premise is that she, the our lead, uh, Tasia Voss, is an, Voss. is an assassin who can put her brain into other people's brains. But apparently they have to have an implant first. And I'll get into the logistics of that in a minute. And, but she can use other people's bodies to commit her assassinations, which can be handy because the other person may have already passed a background check and have access to the target that an assassin couldn't get. And then she is supposed to make the puppet assassin kill themselves before she leaves the body. And maybe she's done this in the past, but every time in this movie she's supposed to do it, she fails. Yeah, she has a, a, a real hard time doing it. And it leads to a lot of speculation on why. Is it her not being able to deal with the fact that she will die or she has to kill herself or is the host body becoming conscious in that moment and stopping itself from dying right, right. it's certainly it's, that, it's interesting that seems to be the case with the second guy yes but i was very annoyed so instead of killing the host she 
has the host commit suicide by cop. Right. Point, points her gun at the police and makes them kill her. Now, people, first of all, if you're contemplating suicide, call call somebody. Call the hotline. Right. But when you're making your plans that you're not going to follow through on because you're going to call somebody, part of that plan should not be making the cops do it for you. That is not okay. That is traumatizing to kill somebody, even under the most justified of circumstances. That leaves a permanent scar on other people. Don't do that to people. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> but uh, then it's I pretty dark. Yeah, but then I immediately lost sympathy for the police because they they shoot this woman up, but she's not quite dead, and she's laying there, no longer a threat. And one of the policemen comes up to her and finishes her off. Yeah, with that, a bullet that, to the uh, head. That's not proper procedure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that scene in particular uh, irked me, especially <laughs> on a second watch. I'm like, oh, that's not how that's supposed to go. You you yeah. can't do that. You're not allowed. <laughs> it's not a video game. You're not allowed to just finish somebody off just because they were a threat a moment ago doesn't mean they're a threat at all times you can't exactly. just you can't just finish them off like that yeah, you, yeah so that i lost me. lost sympathy for those police <laughs> i don't want to break this whole thing down scene by scene but after she comes out she has to do this thing to make sure her identity is all in place because she spent a day or two in someone else's head and they go through this process of identifying objects of, is this something of yours or not something of yours? And what is your memory attached to this? Right. And I'm bringing this up because it comes back later. She One of the things is a butterfly that she killed and mounted as a child, and she felt a lot of guilt about it. Right. Yeah. And then um, that kind of is a symbol. I mean, just everything else that she does in the movie. <laughs> All of her other actions uh-huh. and the crimson butterfly and her, uh, I guess, attraction to blood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's so that's another thing. She was supposed to just shoot this guy when she was assassinating him. And instead, she gets a knife and just stabs him over and over and over again. Yeah. And then after he's done bleeding out and everything kind of wipes up the blood with her hands, just kind of yeah. feels it real weird. <laughs> and then uh, later she does a similar thing to somebody else, just stabs them over and over again, and then hits somebody with a blunt object over and over again. Right. I'm thinking that she is not actually very good at her job. <laughs> her, her, but she's separated from her husband and her child and her right. boss, Gerder played by Jennifer Jason Lee wants her to, fully sever her ties with her family because that'll make her a better assassin yeah it's uh it's holding her back yeah but it seems to me that like i said she's not very good at her job so maybe you should just let her retire and spend some time with her family (laughs) i mean you know she gets the job done but when it comes to the end of the uh getting rid of the host she Mm -hmm. has a, a very very hard time and she's also just making her job overly complicated with yeah. her fixation. It's uh <laughs> now I guess it's implied though that she was good at her job. So this is a new problem that is arising. Otherwise, Gerder wouldn't want to hold on to her so badly. Yeah, exactly. She's starting to separate from her own humanity and just kind of delve into this psychotic state. Yeah. There's some things that are kind of unexplained that we don't know. You know, maybe this is a very specialized thing that only certain people can do. Maybe everybody is not properly equipped to be able to go through this process. Right. Does it work work on everyone? Yeah. uh, We don't really have any answers about that. Or, 
or maybe she was just a traditional assassin that they've implemented this new technology with. We, we don't really know. It seems like this ought to be a very high paying job, but the house her family's living in is pretty humble. Right. And I was kind of thinking that too, but there's a deleted scene that I had watched. I own the DVD. Oh, it's one of okay. the very few DVDs I own. Um, okay. I just liked it that much, but it shows her going back home and it's a very, it, it's very interesting. It's still kind of modest, but there's some technology in there that shows that she probably gets quite a bit of money. Uh, okay. Yeah. Talks to an AI doctor who consoles her through multiple things. It's like Alexa or a Siri for your house. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that kind of shows, but other than that, it doesn't really um, share too much. And in one of the interviews on the bonus features of the DVD, the director said that this movie takes place in like an alternate 2008 which is why, yeah, okay. which is why there's some technology that's a bit like, oh, we're not necessarily there. But then there's a lot of stuff that's like, that's kind of old, like the vintage cars and the, what is it, the Blackberry phones with the pads on them? Oh, I don't know if uh, I noticed the, the phones. Yeah, just like little things that I didn't notice until he had said it in the commentary. And then I was mm -hmm. like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a alternate 2008 is when this takes place. Well, the, you know, means. the job, her second job, the uh, the puppet's job is really weird. He's surveilling people like through their webcams or something. Yeah. Just data to, mining. Data, yeah. Yeah. To making note of what kind of curtains and other home fixtures they have. Yeah. So, um, that, so that I guess some marketing person can know what's popular right now. Yeah, uh, the uh, the director, Brandon, he in the commentary said that when he came up with this idea for everything, it was right when uh, Snowden, the whole Snowden thing had happened. And he's like, oh, you know, they're watching us. I'm going to implement <laughs> that into this. So okay. that whole surveillance thing, he just kind of fit in because of the time when he wrote it. I see. Now, folks, if you don't want to buy the dvd like a caveman you can stream it on hulu yes. so if you if you have a, that subscription you can watch it on there which is where i watched it i got a kill count of five and a half does that seem does that seem right did i miss anybody oh man um there's the first victim and the first assassin right there is the husband, yep. the, the son, mm -hmm. and the second puppet. Second puppet. There was also... Oh, I missed... I missed... No, two other. I missed two more. I missed the friend with benefits mm -hmm. yep. and the plant, the guy that also works at the weird job. Yeah. Who is part, also... of the, part of the assassination company. Right. And then there was also uh, the girlfriend, Colin's girlfriend, Ava. Oh, um, oh, oh, Ava. Ava. Yeah. Mm -hmm. there, yeah, there's this weird part with a friend of theirs, a female friend of theirs, who seems to think that his girlfriend will be perfectly okay if they fool around a little bit on the side. Yeah, that was a bit but weird. We don't ever hear Ava confirm this, so... No. <laughs> I'm suspicious. That brings us up to eight and a half. Yeah, eight and a half. And surprisingly, Sean Bean is not one of those victims. Right. Now, I don't know if you've been keeping up with this Halloween marathon, but we were talking <laughs> in the Alien episode about Sean Bean... How many times he dies that people overestimate how many times he dies. He is not 
in the top 10 most killed actors yes yes but but he's still up there he's probably in the top 20 yeah and i thought when i saw him i'm like oh uh is he gonna make it through this movie i don't think he is it looks like he's not gonna make it but because uh voss is bad at her job yeah he survives she attempts to kill him rather inefficiently and he survives he's gonna be messed up missing a few teeth at least and some brain cells yeah and an eye, and an eye. Mm-hmm. But, that was a great uh, scene. yeah but he he survives yes he does uh yeah i think the uh apple did not fall far from the distorted bloody tree with brandon cronenberg no uh it didn't fall far from the bloody tree and also the practical effect tree um, yeah which i love yeah i didn't notice uh, a whole lot of computer uh, probably not any computer stuff yeah in I this. Didn't, I although didn't. although sometimes it's stuff you don't realize you know color correction or the scenery out the window or something and it's not right. always it's not always what you think it is exactly yeah it's like for a while uh well after my first watch i thought that piece of styrofoam that would float when it kind uh-huh. of symbolized a break between who's really in control voss or colin uh mm-hmm. that was also a practical effect they took a piece of styrofoam and made it float using sound and vibration oh okay practical effects are crazy so yeah, her second job that we see does, goes even worse than the first one. Yeah. She, in a guy, is supposed to kill the guy's girlfriend and the girlfriend's father. Some corporate person has hired them. to. They're going to take over the company by moving the CEO. Uh, yeah, it was uh, his son. Sean Bean's character's son was the one who hired them to oh. carry out the assassination so he could I guess uh, I missed that. Everything. Do we do we even see him on that's why this that's why this daughter had to go. That was only or well it it mentions it um you only see him in a deleted scene that I oh, okay. watched where he just carries out a conversation with Voss in Colin's body and it okay. it goes rather interesting. There's some uh, weird stuff when the boyfriend and the girlfriend have sex because Voss is female, but she's possessing a male body. There's some weird things going on in her head. Uh, yeah, a lot of odd when, <laughs> when, uh, when they have a personal moment, which uh, heads up, people, it gets a little graphic. Uh, yeah, the if movie is very graphic. If you're prudish, well, I mean, <laughs> both, it's graphic both violently and there's a few sexual things that are a little graphic yeah uh, if you're if you're prudish about that kind of thing <laughs> i'm not saying i was offended or anything it's just like oh no, right <laughs> it's like oh yeah that's a thing that okay, okay this is what we're watching got it yeah all right, all right. let's see any any other observations favorite moments or anything oh man um i don't know there's a whole bunch about the movie that i just really like like conceptually and just like little things like the phrase saying pull me out especially when it was used at the end with the uh, the kid ira the kid yeah yeah kind of surprised me and i was like oh wow that was that was pretty interesting because again voss can't kill the host but at that point colin had also taken control of his own body again and this seems to happen because he well partly sometimes the host just seemed to fight back but then so in order for her to possess someone they have to have already had some kind of implant put in their head which seems to happen without their knowledge so that really complicates things. 
right uh, how how the assassination company gets access to these people to be able to perform some sort of brain surgery on them ahead of time you know is not explained and that seems a little difficult uh, but yeah uh there was just a scene where they said they picked him up on his way to the airport i'm assuming it was yeah. I, my head just put together it's like oh, okay they kidnapped him drugged him or something yeah um and then performed the surgery in the back of a truck or a van or something from what it looked like but it looks like colin in an, some kind of an attempt to free himself without really knowing what he's doing stabs the implant with a piece of glass <laughs> he yeah, tries to yeah. tries to damage it and that may be part of what's the problem going forward with who who has control of the body is that the, and why Vost can't just leave is because the implant has been damaged. Right. Yeah. And I attribute his knowledge of it to him learning about Voss as well. He's like, I know a little bit about you as you're in my head. Yeah. And this is your pattern in a deleted scene in a conversation. They had said, you know, what happens to the host after you leave their body and you don't die. And it the they state that the host retains all memories. They think that they did all of this of their own will, that all of these were their own ideas. And um, yeah, I, I just thought that that was kind of wild. Uh -huh. So they're, then, they're active and they know what's going on, but they can't right. control what's going on. If that's the case, then why bother killing them? You know, that's well, a built-in yeah. alib built alibi there. I mean, yeah. it's cruel. It's probably less cruel to just kill them than to make them go through a trial and a conviction and uh, for all for stuff they didn't really do. Right. And I guess neater on their end. Mm -hmm. And maybe at some point the implant might get discovered if, if they uh, don't, I, I suppose it could get discovered either way. Although yeah, if she kills probably. them the way, if she does it the way she's supposed to, by putting a bullet in her head, then the implant would probably get destroyed. Right. But she's not good at her job. No, she, uh, <laughs> That that's the that's the interesting thing. It, like throughout the entire movie, you're like you're they kind of uh hyper up because even the the friend, the plant who fixes uh the implant later in the movie mm -hmm. is saying, Oh, I've heard of you and I've heard of what you've done. I'm a big fan of this hit that you did. <laughs> and you're like, Okay, so she's a little she's kind of infamous amongst the company that she works for. Mm -hmm. But this whole movie, you don't get the sense that she's great at what she does. Yeah, we just have to take it for granted because she's right. losing her rep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, I think is uh, also really interesting because at the very end of the movie, you know, she comes back and she does the test. And it seems like that was just another day at the job. It's just a normal day. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, that happened. On to the so, next one. And... Now you've come to the, the part I was going to come back around to. The final test, after she finally gets out of the guy's body mm -hmm. and then does the, the is this, is your brain working test again, she identifies the butterfly that she killed and mounted as a child, but this time does not express any guilt about it. Right. So she seems to have moved past guilt, even though her husband and child are now dead. Well, so I think that... Uh... When the murder of the husband and her child was going on, obviously she wanted it to happen. She she had that conversation with Colin, mm -hmm. and uh, he was like, I'll do it. You know, I'll kill him. And she goes, okay, just do it. I've been waiting. Mm -hmm. And kills the husband. She wanted him dead. And then when she's shooting uh, her son, Ira, it shows that scene where like, it shows her physically shooting her kid, just kind of switching places out with Colin. 
showing yes. that she she did kind of want to get rid of right. that family. Yes, we're seeing it from her perspective, and we see even though it's Colin's body doing the shooting, we get a flash of of her holding the gun. So right. that implies that that she is the one who her consciousness is the one the trigger although she yeah. does kind of do it just as a quick reaction not realizing who so the kid comes in she's fighting with the husband because the husband obviously doesn't you know there's just some dude in the apartment doesn't know it's his wife and someone else's body well and the guy is trying to find out where colin's in control right now and is trying to find out where boss is and is fighting with the husband and then the son comes in and shoots the husband Abs. Uh, stabs, yes, yeah, stabs him in the neck in the same way, pretty much that she stabbed the f- victim at the beginning of the movie, right? And then she re- just reacts and shoots whoever just stabbed him, and then we see that it's the son, right? But we see that it was her that shot him, not Colin. So I think that initially, or maybe it, both of them did it. <laughs> yes, I think initially Colin shot, and then after realizing who it was, she was like, "Well, you already shot him." once mm-hmm. i'm just gonna finish the job right and then killed her own child yeah it's uh it's pretty brutal yeah it's a pretty brutal movie and that whole switching in and out of perspective uh happens quite a bit um in very interesting ways uh i think the scene where she is getting the implant fixed and it keeps flashing in and out of red light uh, with Colin over the top of her in this uh, like subconscious state of the battle of the minds. Like he's just killing her and he crushes her skull and then puts her face on. It looks a little bit silly, sure. But uh, I think the symbolism of it was kind of cool. Like I liked that entire idea of now I'm going to be you instead. Mm-hmm. This is Brandon Cronenberg's only his fifth movie, but... Three of them are short films, so it's really only his second feature. Yes, uh, uh, I, I haven't seen anything else of his, actually, uh, though I plan to. I just haven't gotten around to it. Well, I like the title of this one short. Please speak continuously and describe your experiences as they come to you. Yeah, that sounds like <laughs> the uh, title of a Philip K. Dick novel. Yeah, yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. So I don't know where I can see that one. Try to track uh, it down. Yeah, apparently it was inspiration for this movie. Uh, okay. He said, yeah, he said that he was inspired by his short film and by uh, something else that he had watched. Uh, can't remember. I didn't Luke, write it down. Lucas did that. It's THX 1138 was his college movie, and then he turned it into a real movie later on. Yeah, right. I don't know, I don't know if his college version was a full length or a short, but, uh, but yeah, he redid it later. Huh. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll be keeping an eye on him. This one just came out last year, so I'm sure he's working on something else. Oh, right yeah, uh, hopefully. So uh, we're rating these movies on a pumpkin scale. One to five Halloween pumpkins. How many pumpkins do you give this movie? Is this just based on how much I like it or like how spooky scary it is? It's based on how much you like it. Okay. I personally think this movie is a five pumpkins. I very much enjoy it. Okay. Uh, I'm very stingy with my lives. I will give it a four. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, Knowing you, that's a, that's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Yes. You're the second guest to indicate that I hate everything. 
He won't uh, eat it. He hates everything. <laughs> I was real worried. I'm like, oh man, I'm about to about to show him one of my uh, like a movie that I really really liked from last year. Uh, I wonder if he's gonna hate it. <laughs> uh, for those of you who've been listening long, you already know most things get a three out of me. So three means it was okay. Four is I liked it, and five is I loved it. That's fair. And as I've said before, I save fives for things like Casablanca and Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. We gave Alien uh, and the first three Alien movies uh, a five the other day. Oh, I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. So thank you for joining me today, Caleb. Is there anything you want to plug while you're here? You want throw out your instagram or anything or is uh, there any project you're working on no uh i'll just plug myself uh i've got <laughs> or, <laughs> plug myself um you can find There'll me be plenty at, of time for that later plenty of time when this is over uh, <laughs> uh yeah you can find me at caleb mendes art on instagram uh, you can also find me online at my website at caleb and really those are the only places you need to find me <laughs> All right. You can message us at monstermoviefuntimego at gmail.com. Still waiting to hear from our supposed international listeners. Caleb, my analytics tell me I have several international listeners, but I'm not convinced that they aren't Americans using VPNs. So (laughs) I would love to hear some confirmation from any international listeners. Or you can send us a voice message anchor page anchor.fm slash mmftg and as always we will not see you but you will hear us next time on monster movie fun time go